Good morning, Dr. Badia here for another week, uh, bi-weekly episode of Fixing Healthcare from the Trenches. I have um, the great pride to, to welcome a friend, Dr. Ira Kirschenbaum, who uh, this is, I think, our first uh, Fixing Healthcare podcast where we are together. And the reason being is we are both here for a, a shoulder surgery course called Shoulder 360, fantastic conference, which as soon as we finish this, and I'm seeing some patients, we're going to go together. But the, Dr. Kirschenbaum is from uh, is from New York. He is um, the, the chairman of uh, the orthopedic department at Bronx Health, which is uh, an interesting story. I'll let him tell you how he went from private practice in Manhattan to really inner city, helping the community. Uh, fantastic story. He is, uh, like most of our guests, a, a practicing uh, physician. Okay, who's also interested in disrupting healthcare delivery, something that is uh, vital for uh, not only us, uh, us physicians and, and other uh, medical professionals to be passionate about, but the public. We, need, we want the public to reach this, and that's our goal with this podcast. Um, he uh, did his undergrad work at Brown, which, by the way, kicked uh, Cornell's butt in water polo. So just so I, I know something about Brown <laughs> University. A serious national sport. Yes. That's right. Which my son, I, I'm going to actually post that today about my son, uh, who you met this morning, and uh, then went to a med school at Einstein. Uh, I remember I interviewed Albert Einstein in the Bronx, fantastic uh, medical school, and uh, then uh, stayed on in that area to do his orthopedic residency at uh, Montefiore, and then did a very esteemed fellowship in joint reconstruction with uh, some very uh, uh, well-known clinicians at the uh, Rothman Institute. Um, he is the uh, founder of a, uh, uh, an amazing online journal, which is a, a revolutionary uh, uh, concept about how it's set up. And it's uh, affectionately known as Joey, J-O-E-I, and he'll tell you about that. Um, he's also um, uh, been way ahead of the curve in digital health, right? With, uh, was it Medscape mm -hmm. and then WebMD and, and, the, and setting up the orthopedic component of that. And I've had a lot of conversations with him about, about Ortho now and about our uh, digital app and how disruptive that can be. Um, and then we're also both involved in a, uh, another disruption in terms of pain management with a company called Gate Science, which we are both uh, very involved in. And I uh, look forward to the public benefiting that. So yeah. without further ado, Dr. Kirschman, welcome. Well, thanks. Thanks. Uh First, I, I don't think I have anything else to say after that. Um, <laughs> well, I, I'd like I for that. I, I'd like for, uh, uh, and by the way, we, we like to have stakes in New York. Yes, usually, right? yes. And the, so the stories can go on forever, but yeah. we have only about 15, 20 minutes so today. So we have 15 minutes. So uh, I think maybe just briefly, if you could tell folks how you went from private practice, joint replacement, sure. you know, you know, Upper East Side, Manhattan to. Right. So I was, um, I've had uh, two parallel careers, um, the practice of medicine and information technology. Yeah. So let's first talk about the practice of uh, medicine, which I take very seriously. Um, and I, um, when I got out of my fellowship, I spent four years at Kaiser Permanente, um, where I was chief of joint replacement and uh, director of resource management. Uh, at Kaiser Permanente oh, what in the Northeast. They had uh, a Northeast right, right. region. Right. And <clears throat> we spoke of that, yes. Yep. And then I was the managing partner of a large orthopedic group. And then I went to solo practice. And I had the great pleasure of being an associate with Dr. Chitranjan Ranawat, who I believe is one of the top five 
orthopedist, let alone hip and knee surgeon, yeah. that ever graced the planet. Uh, and he did a lot of hand surgery too. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hand, cervical. He wrote the seminal articles on hand, cervical spine, hip and knee. Yeah, and, amazing. Guy. And uh, you know, he had he had other partners. I was more of an associate where I was there twice a month at, at uh, Lenox Hill, and I also had an office in a pretty nice area of Westchester. So it was Manhattan and Westchester. Well, and I was doing very, very well. My last, uh, my first year in practice, this was a complete solo practice, hanging a shingle wow. in New York City. Unheard of unheard of these days. Yeah. So hanging yeah. a shingle in New York City. Um, my first month, I saw four patients and did two operations. Okay. <laughs> um, we were able to buy lunch. Yeah. But and not, turn the lights on. But not for everybody. Right. <laughs> not for everybody. Lunch is very expensive in New York. <laughs> so um, fast forward seven years later, 5,800 patients a year, 480 joints, wow. about 40% out of network, Wow. 60% in network. So for, for the public, you're doing more than 300 joint replacements a year um, is, is, is unusual. That's a busy practice. So almost 500 is... Uh, so I was I was yeah. uh, I was working very hard a so, yeah. solo private practice uh, my own place forty five hundred square feet it was wow. it was uh, beautiful um, but I was just working very hard uh, just brought in a junior partner who was a, a superb surgeon uh, shoulder um, and sports surgeon um, I'll give him a shout out Sergey Delamora um, really superb surgeon um, but then um, I was in the backyard of um, a neighbor's house at a graduation party for my daughter and um i was uh drinking a beer um and john coffee who was the chairman of the emergency room at bronx at that time it was called bronx lebanon now it's called bronx care health system right. um he said to me how do we get a guy like you to come to the bronx <laughs> and i said why get a guy like me why don't you just get me and he said, are you serious? I said, I must be serious because that just came out of my mouth. So what, where, where did this epiphany come from? You just I, thought an interesting change. Uh, you'd been working so hard. Yeah, I think that, I know, was in a yeah. mode of like the, the old uh, Jackson Brown song, The Pretender, you know, get up and do it again. Every day was get up and do it again. Uh, okay. And, yeah. you know, there was travel to the cities, travel to Westchester. I was thinking about doing some other things, but nothing really. Uh, Sergey was going to move on to join Steve Nicholas in Manhattan, mm -hmm. which is a great practice. Yeah. And um, another private practice. And um, so I was going to rent half my office to NYU. It was going to be like a whole new chapter in my mm -hmm. life. And this I thought I didn't know that was my, my old stomping grounds, NYU. Yeah. So you were okay. Yeah. We had a, no, a number of them already doing office hours in my office. So all of a sudden you go to like the Bronx. So right? I mean, inner so, city community. Yep. So I, I get an interview uh, from the chairman of physician in chief and the COO. And I had uh, a special type of contract. Um, one of the int most interesting clauses of the contract, which I will just talk about briefly is I'm so, as you know, I'm really into innovation and innovation ideas in my contract. It actually said that, all intellectual property and consulting that I do is my is all mine, even if I use the resources of the hospital. Wow. So that's, that's what I insisted to come on board. 
they told me, oh, you must be tired, we'll do this. They made me a good deal, or as they say in The Godfather, an offer I couldn't refuse. So I went from um, the 12th congressional district in New York, which is the richest congressional district in America, to the 15th congressional district, which is the poorest congressional district <laughs> in America. There was nothing in between. There should be a film about this. I mean, you know, there was nothing in between. Um, I remembered some high school Spanish, and then I hired a uh, a um, Spanish tutor uh, every Sunday. Right. I have a Spanish tutor. Um, she she um, uh, meets me at Sunday from ten thirty to twelve on Zoom. Her name is Marissa Ramirez. Spanish Maven, another shout out. She was an amazing tutor. I now uh, speak absolutely fluent orthopedic Spanish. Well, I don't we know we saw was... that with some of the patients that we yes. just saw, right? Um, and I even know how to conjugate verbs. It's great. So, but here's the story. When I yeah. got to Bronx Care, there was three contract surgeons. Wasn't a department. It was a division general surgery. I insisted on it being a department. Fast forward. Oh, wow. 3,000, 3,500 clinic visits they did and 237 operations. We now do 50,000 clinic visits a year and 2,600 major operations. Okay. So we have authored um, Los Gentes. We have authored the people of the community. Yeah. Um, probably close to 700,000 visits that they never would have had right. if we didn't build this infrastructure. I spent a year at Harvard Business School at an executive education program. I'm going back for a surgical leadership program. I, I believe there's a science in management. I believe there's a science in building mm -hmm. this. And I believe that that community, which was so underserved, uh, needed what we what we offered. I went down to Rothman. I, I had lunch with uh, Dick Rothman and Mike West, who was their legendary CEO, uh, to get advice on how to do the Rothman Institute in the poorest congressional district wow. in the country. And they got it. They said, well, you're not gonna do it exactly the same, but you're gonna take the principles of quality, mm. accessibility, flow, it's gonna be great. And it, it, and if you do that correct, it's, you actually save money in many ways, right? Because a lot of those people ultimately had to get some kind of care. Yes. Eventually, and it would be less efficient, less cost effective, and this is the, the message, right, for our, for our uh, legislators right, right. The absolutely yeah and uh richie torres who's the uh, congressman in our area is so supportive of the hospital and he knows 85 percent of our patients are below the poverty line but 80 90 percent have insurance some type of insurance mm. it's not insurance that many practice private practice take but we built the concept of a private practice in a clinic setting so right. everyone when you see Dr. Jones, you will oh that will always be your specialist. Mm -hmm. So it's not a clinic. Right, not, yeah, it's not a yeah. clinic. Like and we don't, residents. We don't have residents. We don't have fellows. Yeah. We have full board certified right, right. orthopedic surgeons. It's been quite a tour. Quite wow. a tour. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it's amazing, and and it's such a blueprint. And I, I I'd love to pick your brain more about how to how to get this message out to legislators and. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll be in New York next uh, next week, so at some some point would love to meet because I'm I've had uh, very limited success with at least local politicians here in Miami and people I think need to understand right the economic benefits of this. I mean, if you can get somebody functional 
that means they're working, right? right. That means they're contributing to society, right? And that, that is the uh, unspoken benefits of, of good health care. And certainly orthopedic and less care. delay and less delay. Right. They're not coming in later with a horrendous problem right. that needs much more major inter intervention. Which during the pandemic, right? That's you, you I'm sure you saw, you that, saw that, especially yep. with the lockdown in New York as as opposed to uh, Miami. Um so so you you really enacted a lot of the things that 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 you know we want to talk about in terms of how to really disrupt and 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 change healthcare for the better and make it more cost effective because it is 20% of our country's GDP. It's that's twice as much as the next country in the list. Right. Uh, which is uh, either Switzerland or Norway, depending. Um, so what what would be, say, three initiatives well, that, that you would like to see enacted that could really save money and, and provide better health care? Well, I'm going to give the most obvious. And we, we really need insurance company reform in this country. The insurance companies have been given a buy. To be, uh, to be grossly unregulated. I am sure they have their regulations, but it's more compliance and yeah. SEC and so, but you know, just for example, um, timely filing. You have 45 days to put a bill in, otherwise they don't have to pay you the money. That doesn't happen at Bloomingdale's or Saks. Right. If you don't pay your bill, if, if they forget to bill you in 45 days, you still them owe, owe them money. Right. Right, right. And the we, patient's still in the midst of treatment in the midst of at treatment. forty-five days, and, right? and then they have their own delays <laughs> and they have tricks. So that second pre-authorization reorganization, it is an it is a moving target. It has to be a standardization in the country on how surgery gets pre-authorized. Emergency surgery never pre-authorized. You know, there's there's a group of, related to that. And the other thing I also think is, this is just my own crazy idea, you have to eliminate networks. I know this sounds weird. I, I don't think, for example, uh, company X has a network of physicians and have in-network, out-of-network. I think all insurance companies should become indemnity plans. They should not have networks. So if I operate on Mrs. Jones and her network, her company pays $110 for a visit. I could choose to charge 90, I could choose to charge 105, 106, but I know I'm gonna get 110 from that company. And I know it sounds ridiculously and maybe old fashioned, mm. but it's a little radical in that way that they they set their prices and the market takes care of it. And instead of having to be, you're out of network, you're half in network, they have 27 different plans, you don't right. know. If you're, so that's it's, number it's, one. It's number two. Guess specialty care is as important as primary care that doesn't mean primary care is not important notice how I of course, said, of course. As, important. as important yeah because if you have a fracture if you have terrible back pain if you have arthritis if you have a dislocated finger a sprained ankle that's horrible you need access to a specialist and that brings up my third point which is access to specialty care Okay, twenty percent of this country has Medicaid. They're not getting access to specialty care easily. Ten percent are uninsured. They're not getting access to specialty care easily. The next twenty, thirty percent are not living high on the hog here, so they're not getting access right. to specialty care. Right. So finding a specialist, whether it's a urologist, an ENT, but in our case, orthopedist, you know, 
you have horrible arthritis of the thumb, finding that specialist, and, and you, I, I believe you are a national world authority on, on that. And, and my feeling is someone should have access to that, to that care. Right. And access to specialty care is my third. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, um, yeah, and, and they're all cost-effective measures, which also provide better care. And that's the irony. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is there's so many middlemen. Yeah. Right. And that's what adds cost to the system. Um, well, the, those are in line certainly with my uh, three. So so my first one would be uh, right clinician, right time. Right. So you get to the right uh, type of physician. And I say clinician, not physician, because I think there is a big role for our mid-level providers. Uh, you just met my hand PA and I would put her up against my colleagues who, you know, do foot and ankle, just like the spine PA works with uh, my friend, Dr. John Hyde knows more about spine than I do. Right. Why? Because they do it every day. Right. So just the right clinician at the right time. Um, second one in line with what you said about first about in terms of insurance reform is I think we should have author. Um, we should have oversight, not authorization. Right. right? Meaning, of course, you can't. There are bad apples or people make mistakes or are. Mm -hmm. uh, so you need to just make sure that. Right. You're not scoping every shoulder. Right. That walks in. Right. So you, there has to be. But but putting barriers between care uh, does not save money. It just delays it, right? And the last one is what we're doing, uh, Ira, yeah. uh, is public education, and educating the public. And my hope would be with this and, and other podcasts, including, by the way, another uh, Kaiser uh, 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 legend, right, is uh, a Robbie Pearl. Robert Pearl oh, yeah, sure, was uh, a guest here a month ago. And, um, you know, Robert Pearl has some ideas that, you know, in terms of capitation that are, uh, we may uh, differ on that, yeah. but we're all thinking and we need to educate the public. And he has a, a podcast with a very similar name, but the point is the public needs to engage with this. So I agree with that. it's our, our responsibility to do that. And uh, my modest attempt, as you know, and you were one of the first physicians, I think, to read my book yeah. and to comment on healthcare from the trenches. I tried to be the first to buy it, but I think I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you were the first to write a review, I think, as a physician. Yeah. So. But, you know, the, the idea of all of these things is just that we, 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 we cannot accept the status quo anymore. No. You agree? So, you're absolutely right. And, and what you're doing in the Bronx to, the, to really the community, I, I really hope that the public takes note of that. And uh, certainly it sounds like your local legislators are noticing and supporting it. So yeah. let's take this to a national level and let's increase the dialogue. And let's hear some feedback about this, uh, about this particular session. Uh, yeah. Questions. Uh, complaints, critiques, anything, but just get engaged, right? Thank you so much. Ira, we need to have a steak soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs>